Welcome to The Couch. I'm your host, Rob Fields, and today we have a very exciting episode. Today we have Coach Jonathan Saxon on the couch with us. Before we get into the content, you know I have to give thanks. Thank you to all of you all who have been liking, sharing, subscribing. Thank you for telling a friend to tell a friend. We're enjoying the process and we're enjoying the journey that we're on and we're happy that you're coming along with us. What we're about to do right now, though, is take a break. And after the break, we're going to have a nice conversation with Coach Jonathan Saxon. You're on the couch with Rob Fields and Jonathan Saxon. We'll be right back. back from the break we have an exciting episode today today i have a person who has been my friend for a very long time he's reliable he's a person that i trust he's a person that is consistent he's a person that's driven he's a person that loves hard in the same way that i do and he's also one of the best young talents in terms of coaching in the United States of America right now. Today we have on the couch with us Coach Jonathan Saxon. Hand claps for my man Sax. <laughs> man, happy to be here, man. Happy to join Welcome. you on the couch. Happy to be here, man. On the couch hanging out today, man. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, man. You you're one of the you one of the people who I told in the in the brainstorming stages about the couch. And I told you Listen, man, once I get this thing rolling, I, I have to have you on the show. And you're here. Hey, man, I'm excited, man. I got I got some big shoes to follow behind you and Chanel and Amaya and then uh, Nick before that. So I got to, you know, I got to hold up expectations, man. Got to keep it going. No, 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 no. We, I already expect you to, to come through, man, like you always been doing. I, it's, it's no no words on that end. So, Sax, listen, in, on the show, when I have a guest on, I always tell them, listen, we have to start from the beginning because I love a good story, right? So we're going to do the same thing with you. You down with that? Oh, yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Okay, so tell me about young Jonathan. <laughs> young Jonathan, uh, not a care in the world. Uh, just wanted to be outside running wild. Uh, you know, just want to get to recess or anywhere to be outside and play. Didn't worry about anything. Didn't matter the venue. Wanted to be somewhere, running around. I could have had a full blown suit on at a wedding or banquet, and was trying to be outside, running around or running around through the banquet. So, you know, it came to a point in time where, man, my sisters and their friends told me, "Jonathan need to be on Ritalin." You know, adolescent years, <laughs> man. <laughs> adolescent years, man. You had a care in the world. You just wanted to run around and play, man. So, but yeah. You know, we're from the big city of Orangeburg, man. Only one Berg matters, man. Just you know, everybody got to know the metropolis of Orangeburg. The big, the big city, man. So both parents were educators. Uh, mm -hmm. My uh, one of my older sisters, Jennifer, she's the assistant AD at Ole Miss. 
Uh, my other sister, Jessica, works for Swissport in HR. So, you know, young Jonathan has some big shoes to follow. Yeah, I, yo, Sax, you have one of the sweetest families uh, I've ever been around. And, of course, we've hung out with each other on many occasions, you know, graduation yeah. party and playing basketball and all this stuff, type of stuff. Your family, I, I love them, man, and they've always welcomed me with open arms. So I can see why you're a good guy, even though you needed Ritland when uh, you were young. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, so at what point did sports start for you? Uh, probably since I was born, but uh, now nah, uh, probably about that five years old, six years old mark. Uh, just getting exposed to different sports, uh, football, basketball, baseball, which was T-ball at the time. Uh, even a little bit of track. You know, your churches, you always do like little track events, just get everybody together. Uh, so probably about five years old, just got exposed to different things, different uh, sports or different uh, activities. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know that we we were teammates in high school. We played basketball together. A lot of people don't know you got a ratchet, man. You you a nice little stretch <laughs> four. You know you got some size. You you could step out and shoot the jumper. A lot of people don't know that you really get down on that basketball court, man. So for your players who think they can hoop, man, you got to tell them, man. That, you know, listen, I used to go too. Man, I, I try to tell them, but you know. Time has kind of taken away from. I was out there playing intramural basketball, intramural basketball for a little bit. Uh, haven't played in the past three years, but I get out there, throw up a couple shots, you know, show them I can still do something. And that's when I play hard. If we're playing one of the football teams, so that way, you know, I can go out there and you know bang around a little bit. But then I tell them, I say, listen, all I need is five minutes a half. If twenty minute half, just give me five, and I'm good. So listen, keep, man, people, I, I go ahead. People, you know, tend to forget that. They think uh, football coaches just play football. You know, we had other lives, too. So Yeah. Listen, man, I, you know, about five years ago, I'd take you with me wherever and who, you know. But now <laughs> I know I need to have some ice packs available. Maybe we start off with some Icy Hot, some Tiger Bomb, you know, whatever y'all, whatever I need, you love. At least I need at least a 30-minute warm-up. That's what I need. Yeah, warm-up. Oh, the first game may be a little slow, but the second game I'll be ready to rock and roll. Yeah, foam roller, all of that type of stuff. You know, it, you know that's where we are now. But you know, a little while ago, oh, yeah. you you still had it going. All right, so in high school, you played basketball and you played football. What what made you prioritize football? What made you say, all right, I'm I'm going to play basketball, but football is going to be my calling card? Probably uh, the attention I was getting. Um, early junior year, later on. It wasn't big attention, but, you know, just having different people, especially that spring going into my senior year, uh, when we was in Dr. Glover's class, uh, Middle Tennessee State was calling. I was getting letters from, like, different schools. And it's just interest letter, you know, we just saying we notice you. Uh, it's nothing like the guys, you know, big-time guys. You get those letters, and we notice you. We, You know, you're on our radar, you know, blase, blase, but you still have to do more to get that offer. So just kind of prioritizing prioritizing the information I was getting from other schools and how they were sending me stuff, uh, which I still keep. I still got a shoebox full of every letter that I got have got. Wow, you still got them? Still got them, man, in the closet. Oh, the reason man. I the reason I'm holding on to them. So if I have a son and daughter or a daughter that wants to, you know, get into sports or want to play, you know, just have something I can show. Got that reference? Uh, but yeah, yeah. So it's uh. 
just the attention I was getting, man, having coaches call me going into that senior year, getting pulled out of class in the spring so people can put the name with the face. Uh, so that kind of made me prioritize it because, again, there's not many uh, post players who are 6'4", uh, playing down low, even though you can shoot shoot the jumper, but you got to be able to do more. Yeah, you definitely won't be a stretch for these days. <laughs> you know, no, no way when we were in high school, you know, yeah, that could work, yeah. but yeah. No, man, but it, I, I I remember that time. Of course, we shared that time together. But what did high school football mean to you? Like, what what did you learn? Like, what what was that process for you? Just kind of going from point A to point Z. And one more thing, people don't, I don't think people really realize how far back we go. People realize me and you were teammates in city league bas- city league football. Yes, in middle school basketball. In high yes. school basketball. So it's it's were you it's on the championship different. team? Yes, I was. Okay. All right. So we yes, shared some championships together too. <laughs> yes. So uh but nah man, it meant high school football meant everything because it was opportunity for you to get you a full ride. Cause you really don't when we get to high school ninth and sophomore year, we're not thinking about scholarships. That no. junior year, we know that was the year to get on people's radar. So it meant everything because at the end of the day, we want free money. I want to find a way to get my education paid for for free so we can walk out of school out of debt, not in yes. debt at all. So it meant everything. Uh, and just those connections you make with people from, you know, going to different camps. So I remember Coach Felder took me, Zach Middleton, and Derek Fraser down to uh, University of Miami's camp. We went, he rented a car, and we drove mm-hmm. from Marsburg, South Carolina, all the way to uh, Miami, Florida. Wow. And that's when Alicia Keys had her song uh, – I won't tell out. And Coach Feldo was in the car, kept singing it the whole way down. <laughs> but that's where, uh, and many people don't notice, I didn't realize this until t- like later on when I got to college. I was in the camp with LaShawn Lash- McCoy, all no. running back. He was at that camp with us. Shady. Listen, I didn't know who he was at first until me and we were getting ready to play South Carolina my uh, freshman year. And, you know, that's when Zach transferred back from Navy. Zach was on the team. Zach was like, you know, that's my man that went to camp with us. Like, nah, that's not him. But they showed the pitch. I'm like, LaShawn McCoy, he was at the Miami camp with us. And I just remember they had him go against every top player in the state of Florida. And he did all of them dirty. Cat from up yeah. north coming all the way down to Florida, you know, doing them I think dirty. he's from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so just. If you hear him talk about it now. You know, oh, Shady McCoy's like, yo, I kill all of them, B. I kill, <laughs> I but Rob, kill all he did of them. it, though. If you, if you go, like, it's, it's, you got a lot of cats out there who say they played and they did this and did that, but they ain't got the film to, to do it. He got yeah. the film to put out that I did this to everybody from here, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so, but nah, that, uh, it just meant everything, man. It's just the money. You want to get free. You want to get free money, man. It's, it's, Opportunity, you know, that scholarship can write the check for your family, for yourself, and pretty much generational wealth. Yeah. Just that school alone. After high school passes, what you signed with South Carolina State University, right? Yeah, yeah. Could there have been any other school besides South Carolina State? If Middle Tennessee State would have offered, I would have jumped all over that. Because, again, growing up in Orangeburg, you know, our goal was to get out. Because, you know, not many people make it out of Orangeburg. The good, good, the bad, ugly. Not many people make it out. Correct. Uh, 
whether it's just you love being there or you just getting some stuff you can't get out of. But Middle Tennessee State, and for the longest in the back of my mind, and I remember telling my mom and dad this when Coach Stock still and Coach Watts kept talking to me, kept hitting me up. I would tell my mom, like, since they offer, I'm gone. Like, that's, you know, they were the biggest offer at the time. But they just kept talking. Uh, Coach Blanchard and Coach Pugh came by and saw me. And I already knew Coach Pugh because him and my dad coached together at South Carolina State back in the 80s. So I had that rapport. Uh, so when they came to the table talking, this is what we're going to do. I was like, shoot, I took the visit. I was like, let's do it. Uh, and then with uh, – I had, like, uh, John C. Smith, Newberry was flirting around, Presbyterian. Uh, but South Carolina State just made more sense to me at the time. Why sit around and wait for this school who's not doing anything for me to where when Coach P told me this is what we're going to do. Uh, I was like, there's no brainer. Mom went to school there. My grandmother got a master's there. My sister actually went to school there too. And Nick was there, so I already had friends there. And then when I actually took the visit, it's and it could have like, been uh, Rob. It could it could have been Rob. It could have been all <laughs> three, three amigos back together. Just kidding. oh man. So it was uh, when I got there, man. It was like a whole different town. I didn't feel like I was home. Wow. You know what? I so we I, we just made a joke about it, right? Like I could have been on campus with you guys. I talked about it in the first episode. Um, I, I committed. I verbally committed to South Carolina State yeah. University, and. Dude, we were this close to all of us being in the same place at the same time. Of course, we would have been doing different things. You would have been on the football team. I would have been on the basketball team. Nick would have been a scholar. <laughs> you know, yeah, but all yeah, of us yeah. would have been in the same place. And it's interesting to hear that you said, listen, I was in Orangeburg, but I was in a different place. <laughs> you know, that's, that's it's really interesting to hear that. Culture shock, man. It was my class. So when I got to state the year before, they had people staying in hotels because that's how much enrollment was over. When wow. I got there, enrollment was over. People still had to stay in hotels and catch the shuttle to school. That's crazy. So it was like, man, you can be on campus, but you felt like you were in a whole other city because there's so many different people from so many different backgrounds and so many different areas. You had your D.C. crowd. You had your Charleston crowd. Mm-hmm. You had your Florida crowd. Yeah, the Green so Greenview crowd, Greenville crowd. So you had so many different people like yeah. just coming together, and you didn't feel like it was because it was always something going on on campus. Whether it was a a party in the plaza, a party in Dukes, and everybody knows K building. I laugh and joke with my players till this day. It's like, coach, man, we had to do this and that on campus. We threw a party, and it, it, it looked like Project X. I'm looking like, man, that's old, man. We we you know we, we always <laughs> done that. And, Been there, done that, young road. fella. <laughs> and that's you know it was just that's how I felt man because anytime I just remember when uh, T White Tony White would pull up his truck it can be a, if it's a basketball game on Saturday or Friday or Monday and the cave building parking lot after that game for the let out would have been slam packed if it's a party in in the gym the let out let out in cave building parking lot slam packed wow so 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 is it's so you giving me some of your experiences. Tell, tell me about your freshman year, like stepping on campus, you get on campus, you have, you know, you have this HBCU experience, you got your football experience, and you also have an experience as a student. Tell me what it's like for you coming from our high school, going to this new world, as you described it. So a lot of people don't realize that, you know, what they should realize, uh, O.W. Orangeville Wilkinson is predominantly black. So I felt yes. it was an easy transition classroom-wise, but the work-wise, 
you know, you had to adjust. There's nobody there. Hey, did you turn this in? Turn that in. All it is, y'all turn your stuff in, you get a zero, you get A or whatever you did. Uh, it was a big adjustment. I failed my first ever class in in life in college. Uh, I got an enriched D's technically not failing, but you had to retake the course. Uh, and I remember the teacher, and I'm not going to name the teacher because it's somebody that we actually went to school with. Her her children went to school with us. Oh. And you know who I'm talking about. You know who. <laughs> so uh, she said she was like, I was three points away from a seat. I'm like, I couldn't, you couldn't give me, is there any work I can do to get the seat? Like, I came to class every day, you know. Should then, I bring uh, some donuts? Like, what? <laughs> something, just, what, what can I do to get the seat? Like, I'm just trying to keep my 3.0, keep my, uh, my other academic scholarship. Yeah. Uh, so, but it, the experience was, it was eye-opening. Uh, I had a lot of experiences I, I, uh, I can't say because I don't want to get a book thrown at me. Right now, while okay. we're talking, I got okay, my, uh, okay. I got I got me a little audience in here too, you know. Okay, I got okay. my, uh, my fiance over there, but all right, uh, nah, all right. man, it was, it, it was a <laughs> great experience, man. I, it was it was that freshman year taught me a lot, just kind of being more organized, time management. If you have an issue in the class, to uh, speak up about it. Don't wait to the end to where somebody can't help you or you can't get anything done. But what's what's, that, what's it like in the what's it like in the locker room? Man, let me tell you something. You might as well call it a comedy show. You okay. know, the locker room, some things you can't speak about, you know. Of course. But it's a comedy show. I'll tell you this. Before practice, you'll see you may have a full-blown comedy show. Somebody cracking on each other, people talking trash. Just, just you know how a brotherhood is. Just the whole camaraderie yeah. of guys coming together and gelling as one. But it was 9 out of 10, you saw you a full-blown comedy show. My freshman year, you ain't say you didn't say anything as a freshman. You got to earn your key. Of course. You start, of course. You start logging some hours on the field, then you can talk. But uh, so, full-blown so, comedy show. So I did some research. I mean, I I was around for that time period, but I also did some research just to kind of bring it back, right? Because I've had a couple concussions. So yeah. <laughs> I need to make sure I, st- <laughs> I, I, I need to, I need to study. But um, you guys had, a very successful run during your time at school. You won some championships, correct? Yeah, three of them in a row. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all got the trifecta. So, so for you as a young player, was the culture already set when you got there, or did it kind of find its way as you got through it? So the the culture was already set, man. You had so many NFL players and Hall of Famers come through there before you. The culture was already set when I got there. You know, anytime you're building a team, you got to get a couple few pieces that can take you over to the top. But the yes. culture was already set. You know, South Carolina State is built on grinding and, you know, like the kids say, not nah, getting out the mud, you know. Uh, so the culture was already set. You know, when you set foot on campus, that logo, that name, uh, those colors, that means it means a lot. It's not just a name. It carries weight from guys from the 70s, 70s to the 80s to the 90s and so on uh it carries weight so the culture we knew we had to uplift because you, you didn't want to go and you know go in that parking lot after the game where we lost to this person or yeah. when you come back to a homecoming oh man we went seven and four but did y'all win the conference you definitely you know, get the side say, <laughs> you know so uh the foundation was there and the legacy was there you know so we just had to you can't 
I tell to say this to kids all the time, the foundation is there. And when you try to come in there and change the foundation or a legacy, you end up weeding your own self out. That foundation is laid. And, you know, like one of our former players, Kobe Durant, said uh, at the Celebration Bowl, he's just like, South Carolina State's a winning program. From It's, it's history from uh, Coach Jeffries to Coach Pugh. It's always been a winning program. So mm-hmm. the foundation has been there for even for either one of any either one of us was born. So yeah. it was just kind of just keeping that tradition going and that legacy going. Okay. Yeah. So what? All right. Looking back. So we know where you are now. Looking back, what are some things that you could take from playing college football, like actually being in the mix, getting busy? you know, being in a, in a winning culture, what, what are some things that you can take from college football? Man, some things I can take from college football, man, is, uh, the one, the the biggest thing I took from it was I was, I became more of a grinder after going through that experience, uh, time management and being more organized are the three things that I, uh, I've taken away from it. Uh, I've, sometimes I get kicked out of the office, uh, because so much of that drive and that passion of mine, to, you know, not let people down, not let myself down, uh, to continue to just grow and uh, make myself better. And I understand no matter what, you know, job I take in my future, I'm still a South Carolina State grad. And yeah. people see me on whatever platform, and he's a South Carolina State grad. So you can be proud of that, man. Always. So just that, man, I take away from it, just the, the grind, time management, and being more organized. Okay. So, I mean, this is a question that I that I like to ask guys because, you know, everybody doesn't make it to the stage, you know, if you want to say. But was there when did the moment come where you said to yourself, I'm probably not going to the NFL or did it even come? And, and before you answer, I'm, I'm asking because there was a point in time where, dude, like I, I was about to declare for the draft after my junior year. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? The NBA tells me, no, I don't get drafted. I, I don't hire an agent, like whatever. Like who, these, The reason why I wanted to do it is because my family and I, we talked about it. It was like, hey. You had a pretty good year. Just throw your name in the draft. What's the worst that could happen? I was really about to enter my name in the draft my junior year. However, after my senior year ended, I was just like, all right, I'll go to work. So did that time ever come for you where you said, I'm probably not going to the league? Oh, yeah. My my junior year, uh, I was playing but wasn't playing a lot. Uh, So it didn't bother me that I wasn't because I kind of had my mind made up what I wanted to do. I knew I either wanted to teach a coach so mm-hmm. junior year, i was playing i had my you know i was in certain big packages i played special teams punt and uh field goal so i knew my role i knew i knew my, i found my niche i knew how i was helping the team so it didn't bother me you know we all had the goal in the beginning man i want to go to the nfl i want to go to the nfl okay but we always what i learned now after college was nfl stands for not for long and yeah. you know i'm fortunate enough that you know, we do like a little player development deal every year that when our coaches talks about the percentages of guys going from high school to college, college to the NFL, the percentage of guys going to college is high. But after college, that thing drops tremendously. Tremendously. But, 
uh, junior year, man, I just I knew my role. I'm like, I know what I wanted to do. Because, again, people really don't know this story. Like, I didn't. I wasn't about to play my fifth year. You know, I already had a okay. job offer from one of my, my mentors and former strength coach to go out there to Kansas with him at the University of Kansas with wow. Turner Gill at the time, who was a who was the hottest thing in coaching at the time, minority-wise yep. also. Yep. And, shoot, I stood up that day in the team meeting for the last home game. Coach was like, sure, like, yeah, Coach, I already talked to my family. Everybody's good. So wait, so yeah. so does Coach Pew, uh, Coach does, does Coach Buddy Pew at the end of every year say, all right, who's who's leaving? So he always does. If you're playing your last home game, and all of C. Dawson going in, that's it's, it's always the Sunday deal before the home game, and okay. he'll stand up. So he'll see, you know, who, and he'll count up, and he just went around, saw the seniors, and say, if it was a guy who had like one more year left. So that sure, could be seniors, or that could be guys going in the draft. That that could be yep. okay. It could be a variety of guys. So okay, uh, I stood up. He's like, "You sure?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Yeah, coach, I'm good." And the guys already knew because they knew every. So all the players knew I had to offer and knew that you know everybody tell you, man, shit. We knew Sachs was going to be a coach because again, how I, I worked my ass off on the field, but they knew I knew football. So oh, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, like I'm good. So the minute. I'm in meetings. I'm, my phone's in my locker. So before we go to practice that Sunday, I got like 20 missed calls from my people, my family. And I call them back before practice. Like, you got to start what you finish. Start what you finish. Mm. Uh, I mean, finish what you started. What I'm like, oh, I just got my degree. I'm finishing what I've started. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm finished. I came in here, I'm, I'm good. I got, I got a job yeah. off to work at Kansas. I'm getting my master's <laughs> while I'm out there. Like, like what's, what's what we talking about? So... Man, then uh, Coach Davis, uh, my offensive line coach at the time, he was like, so what you going to do? I'm thinking to myself, did these people, did they just call my people and say, like, I stood up, I'm doing this? I'm like, we were good for a second. That that oh, was man. fast, right? Like, you did. No, it was a quick turnaround. I just talked to them. I've been talking to them for about a month, just telling them, like, this is my plan. This is what I want to do. I'm graduating in the spring. Uh, nah, man, I, I had all the missed calls and talked to them. Like, you got to uh, finish what you started. I'm getting my degree. What is that to finish? Like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then they could, they talk, uh, talked to my coach and they just convinced me to come back. I was like, all right. Came back so, for the so, year, which I. Yeah, go ahead. Came back for that year and I don't regret it. You know, you question some things, but I didn't regret coming. Not, uh, I did not regret coming back because I enjoyed it tremendously. So. Okay. So, so tell me about some of the details of that, of that fifth year. Why was it so enjoyable? Like, why why did it make sense to you? I was just taking classes. <laughs> I okay. literally probably, all my classes were online. I probably went to class, had one class I actually went to, which only reason I took it uh, was because I had a C in it from, like, freshman year, and I wanted to get the 3.0. I was sitting at, like, a 299. I wanted to get a 3.0 for grad school. If I knew what I knew now, I would have just went there and started grad school. Right. But but all I had to do, I had every work workout session in the morning. So as I work out in the morning, shoot, I had to do was get ready for practice, or I'll be in the office with coach talking football and just trying to learn. Cause I had a new coach that year, so I ain't have much on my plate. So I'm just hanging out, enjoying being a college student. Them boys talking about you don't never go to class. I ain't got no class. I got my degree. What you want me to do? <laughs> so yeah. So many times, okay, so many times at Nick's house, um, many times at Nick's house oh. on during the week, hanging out, all that. I'm telling you, man, you, you, Nick, and I, we we gonna get on here and we we gonna chop it up. I, we won't Let's, tell any we, stories that could incriminate us in any way. 
Uh, I'm happy I got my my headphones on because uh, somebody she listens to the podcast just in case for some story. Yeah, yeah. You have a fiance. Nick is he's in a in a very strong situation, and myself, like my wife, was in the last episode, so I'm sure she. If we start talking crazy, she's gonna hop in. But <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> uh, but listen, so. You you play that fifth year, you you've already gotten your degree. What's life like after your fifth year? How how after your fifth year is finished, you're a part of the team. It comes, it goes. What's next? Man, I I was trying to find a job, but go to grad school and get a job. Uh... Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? We had some technical difficulties and. Recording, but we're right back at it. You on the couch with Rob Fields and Jonathan Saxon. Let's go. It's, it's, it sounds like an accountability structure, right? So everyone's accountable for what they're accountable for. So we all have jobs on these teams. A lot of people don't understand that a sports team is successful because everyone accepts their roles. And at times, there are people who step outside of their roles and they want more and they start the da 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 and it, it creates friction in this machine of sorts, right? And for you, you know, you where wherever your career could have gone or went or whatever, like you did what you were supposed to do. So Coach Pugh, as a, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not I don't want to speak for Coach Pugh, but because you bought into the system, he said, "Listen, man, I think you have a, a special skill. I'm going to put you in X, Y, Z." Because I feel you can represent my program in the way that it needs to be represented. So you get an opportunity to go from South Carolina State to the University of Louisville. And for our listeners, because we have listeners from some different regions in the world right now. I'm in Europe right now, but we have listeners from different places. The University of Louisville is a prestigious college in terms of academics, but also from a sports standpoint. They are no joke you go from south carolina state which is which is respectable but it's not as big as louisville tell me about louisville man like what what what's that experience like when man, you get on campus coaches it, along with coach strong man it was over 100 plus years of coaching man uh you had guys who coach numerous first round picks who started off how i did to you know uh, all black institute to you know, PWI kids, if you put me in any environment, I'm gonna come out. You know, I'm gonna do what I have to do to staff from the weight room, equipment to support staff, guys I work alongside with as GAs and quality control guys to the full time guys as coaches. 
Uh, I talk to all those guys to this day. And, yeah. you know, if I got a question about anything or opinion, I reach out to those guys, man, because even uh, – Mm-hmm. It's numerous guys who are like big time, mm-hmm. and the fact they still reach out and you know still pick up the phone when I call, and that's all. But that's one thing they always taught me was it was just one moment when I was up there my second year, we played at the University of Cincinnati, drove back, and we got there. We stayed in the office till like three a.m. Because when you're a GA, you're the person that has to get you basically you gotta get the grade sheet straight, everything everything slid on everybody's door to film yeah. it straight. So you're you're getting groomed to understand everything, but also you're that assistant to help out. So the old line coach, uh, Dave Borbley, was he, he dropped his info on me, and he was just like, anytime you know if you've done a good job, which they've told me this before, if that coach will call for you, if I can pick up the phone right now and call this coach, hey, coach, can you call this guy for me? You know, they got an opening. See, we have not get in, get on. And that resonated with him because he had a – I can pick up the phone anytime and call – any of those guys I work with, and they will they will help me out. Wow! So it's 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 a huge. Wow. It was a blessing to be able to, you know, those guys take a chance on a kid who didn't have any coaching experience, just got done playing, to you know come in their fold and work with them. So, mm. so, so did I? I understand South Carolina State University because I grew up around that, right? Tell me about before, before, I'm I'm trying to pace myself because I'm I'm very excited to hear your take on this question. So I understand that basketball is basketball, right? Yeah. So I play Division Two, but if I can hoop, I don't care if you win D one. If if I can go, I can go. Football is football. If you can play, you can play. It don't matter if you come from South Carolina State. It don't matter if you come from Louisville. It don't. It doesn't matter if you can play. You can play, and we'll we'll talk about South Carolina State's impact on the NFL right now. Um, you know, we we can talk about that. But football is football. What's the difference between a school like South Carolina State and a school like Louisville? Man, what what's the difference in your opinion? That you know, of course, they got more scholarships, but. It's the, the facilities and the usage, man. It's the the things they have at hand for them. You know, they had a nutritionist, nutrition person on hand, on stand. You had a training table. Uh, they can get go and get snacks whenever they wanted to. So compared to at South Carolina State, when we get out of practice, we got to run to the calf and make it on time. Compared to when I was at Louisville, shoot, we run out, uh, type everything in for practice, go take a shower come back up, we got food already right there, catered meal. So mm-hmm. uh, we had different modes. We had different vendors from, from around the city come and feed the team. So, and which if anybody knows that's listening that, you know, as a graduate assistant or have done, has done it before, you know your tra- your meals normally come from the training table as a graduate assistant because you're not getting paid where you can go out. <laughs> and, Shout out to my GAs. Hey, <laughs> where you can go out and go spend money like that. But, uh, Nah, man, it's just the facilities and the, you know, the support staffs and the the stuff they're able to do. Uh, bigger, the power fives and group of fives are able to do more than we can at FCS due to money. You know, it's to be able to give, you, you're taking a kid who may not have much, and when they get to college, that may be their first time even having three meals a day in their life. 
Wow. You know, and that's what I had to understand mm. too. But it's just the facilities and, you know, the money at hand, man. You know, people don't realize some of these power five schools generate so much money. Now, football is still football. Mm-hmm. Now, just like you said, basketball is basketball no matter level. But I tell like yeah. I tell our guys all the time, you can take this big name kid, but you see him if he still looks the same for when he steps set foot on campus to that third year where you know he's going to declare something there, right? You still yeah. got to develop. The name of the game is still developed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it, and it, well, you know, like I said, I'll I'll ask you about this later, but the cream always rises to the top. Yeah. So it don't matter if you had a D2, it don't matter if you had a HBCU, it doesn't matter. If you can go, they're going to find you. Uh, ain't no question, <laughs> no matter where you are, they're going to find you. They are going to find you. So it's interesting that you talk about your experience at a at a at a major at a big school. Before we move on, tell me about one game where you said, "Oh, this is different." And I'm talking about ESPN coverage, maybe. I'm talking about fans. I'm talking about all this stuff. Tell me about one game that really lets you know that you were on the stage. So I'm gonna give you two situ- uh, instances. Uh, okay. The my first ever game at University of Louisville. Uh, mm-hmm. They were like, "Man, you gonna miss some plays up in press box?" I said, "Nah, I'm be good. I'm be good." Man, I missed that whole probably two drives, man, because it was I'm not used to being <laughs> on there, so it was going boom, 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 boom. And then yeah. uh, the Sugar Bowl, like say, the same year we played University of Florida, to where okay, Sachs, before you made a reference to the Sugar Bowl, tell people about the Sugar Bowl before you go into your personal experience, because like I said, Sachs, we worldwide, baby. <laughs> <laughs> tell tell <laughs> tell me about the Sugar Bowl, man. Man, probably one of the greatest. Before you go into your personal experience, excuse me, greatest experience ever, man. Like to be a part of a bowl game because we, you know, we knew people that played Division One that went to bowl games. Uh, but to actually experience, man, I, my eyes were just like, man, this is this is it right here, like. And then the guys that were at the University of Florida that came to Louisville with Coach Strong, they was like, oh yeah, man, this is this is nothing right here. This is this is how they always do it. So I'm like, where, where was the game? T- uh, where, where did the game take place? New Orleans at the uh, Superdome. So man, we were two blocks yes. away from Bourbon Street, so it was like, man, I had a ball, and it made it even more better that we <laughs> we won the game, you know. So. Uh, wow. That experience, that whole bowl dynamic for the Sugar Bowl, man, was awesome, man. It was the greatest experience ever. A young kid at that time, a young adult at that time, could even experience who started coaching. Like I tell, you, I was blessed. I was fortunate enough to get a to be a part of a team that was built and grinded through, and end up being one of the top teams in the country. Can can you feel can you feel the fans in there? Did you did, did the hair on your forearm stand up? When you heard the crowd react to a play that took place on the field, like you know, like I said, Sags, you know, I'm a details guy. Like even when I play sports, you know, I'm, I'm a details guy. Could could the did the hair on your arm stand up? Like did it make you want to put on a helmet? You know, like Listen, what what was that about in those big time moments with Louisville? Walking around in pregame had you like, man, shit, let's go, let's ride. Like I'm ready to play, but. Uh, you know, Florida fans, you know, some of my close friends may, you know, oldest, oldest uh, Johnson, one of our friends, he's going to be mad that I say this, but the Florida fans, uh-huh. they didn't show up because they were, they were upset. You know, they lost to Georgia and they didn't make the SEC championship. So it's kind of like, 
man, we just here. So they didn't really show up. Like a consolation prize, yeah. if you will. You know, at those programs, it's, okay. it's national championship or bust. Uh, with us, you know, at Louisville, the Louisville fans came ready to rock and roll, like like slam packs. So when we, that first play of the game, when we got that pick six, man, you could hear nothing. Like, you couldn't hear anything. Like, I'm in the press <laughs> box. We trying to talk on, head, on headsets. It's like, you can't hear anything. Like, you, you just hear the crowd, oh, you just hear all that. People going wild. So I was like, I need to be wow. down there. I need to be in the mix. Like, I want to play, like, because oh it, it was just the atmosphere. Well, okay, so you guys won the game. After you win the game, do you get a parade in Louisville? Or it, or is it just like, you know what, we're going to hold down Bourbon Street. and then we gonna So I, I, I can tell you the support, <laughs> the support staff <laughs> and coaches, uh, most of the sports that we held down Bourbon Street and celebrated with the fans, which, you know, after the game, the kids don't have curfew anymore. So they just know. Uh, and Coach Strong did a great thing, man. The kids, some most of the kids were able to fly back because school didn't start for like another week. So the kids, most of the mm-hmm. kids were able to fly back home and go spend time with their family. But the sports staff yes. held it down on Bourbon Street. I just remember after the game, held, held it down. Uh, I ain't get, I don't, I ain't get back to the room until like six a.m. because we literally were two blocks now, away. I can imagine. <laughs> I don't want to speak for you and the staff at Louisville, but. Uh, I can imagine your bud your budget uh for the celebration was open. Man, listen. Am I wrong? Oh, yeah, listen, listen. All <laughs> I just know if if the some of the alumni fans that recognized us working there, they uh they were buying us drinks and celebrating, they do the chant C A R D S card. Let's you know, they the little chant, you know, I'm just L one C four, you know, it, it was Oh wow, uh, man! So it's yeah. it was huge, man. It was it was enjoyable to, you know, see how a city lit up like that, you know, for the support. And then yeah. what people also don't realize is they call that year the year of the cards, because the women's basketball team went to the final four in national championship, and the men won the national championship the same year. Ah, yeah, uh huh. So I just remember, I remember yeah. in my apartment complex Ooh, it was like right across the street from the campus. Tough. They literally blocked off the main street in front of my apartment. And everybody you can imagine out in the middle of the street just having a great time celebrating that. So people don't really That's remember tough. that. Oh my gosh. Oh man. So Sax, you were at Louisville for two seasons, yeah, correct? Two seasons, yep. Okay, so what what was the cause of you only being there for two seasons because you start off as a GA, you're well respected, the people like you, you know, the coaching staff, they respect you. What what happens after year two? So uh uh Coach Strong uh took the te- University of Texas job. So he was taking mm-hmm. his time knowing what he could and could not do as a coach, who he can bring in and whatnot. Uh so we were right there working, they hired Bobby Petrino back. Uh, okay. So I actually worked for him for about two or three weeks. You know, he told us that I'm not going to do anything. Uh, this is, uh, you guys are fine. So we go to convention two weeks later. We come back from convention. Man, he start firing us left and right. Man, I go from. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I go from, so like an hour past, just like 12 o'clock that day. I'm like, sure, I'm good. He's going to keep me. I'm good. Like, nothing happening. Because the D-line coach at the time mm-hmm. was still there, Clint Hurt. He still was there. So, you know, we were good. 
So I think Hurt went ahead and took the Chicago Bears job, and he was helping me out trying to find something and whatnot, just trying to look out for me. Uh, so, because he was actually trying to convince Petrino to actually tell, you know, get him to hire me in his place because I knew the kids, I was a good coach, and you you keep the continuity of the kids to where you ain't got to start yes. all the way over. So he didn't go for that. He gave him my name and another, uh, another guy's name that would be the perfect fit for it. Man, he fired uh, a couple guys before me. I'm sitting at my desk like, you know, I'm good. I mean, I just uploaded my hard drive with all my film to make sure I got everything. Man, hey, I need to talk to you right quick. He kind of talked to oh, me then God. and just said, I don't, I don't need <laughs> you anymore. If, you, if I can do anything for you, just let me know. All right, man, but again, that, at that time. Why, why, okay, before you go into this, so why do people say that, Sax? I'm firing you, but hey, man, if you need me to do anything, like, <laughs> what you, I'm like, if it, it, can you really give me another job? Yeah, I'm like, you don't, you really don't know me. I work for you for two <laughs> weeks. You know, I'm going to work hard, but two I'm not, weeks. I'm not, I'm not under oh, your tree. You don't know me. Uh, because you got to realize, yeah. technically, I'm classified as... I mean, I can see we knew each other for at least six months, yeah. right? But two weeks, you are you really going to do something for me? But even <laughs> even even with those two weeks, I was able to... The new staff was, you know, a couple of those guys I actually got to, you know, know, get to know like Terrell Buckley. I got to talk to him for a few, uh, pick his brain, saying Terrell Buckley was all pro, played in the NFL, played at Florida State for years. All pro, uh, yep. Uh, Kobe Smith played at Louisville uh-huh. back in the day. Uh, he's working in NFL, so every time I see Kobe at coaching, coaching conventions, we always sit and talk. So it was very beneficial for me because I got to meet a, a whole other network. Uh, but, no, it sucks, man. You in the, you telling me, just let me know what I can do for you. How about, like, call somebody right now while I'm front of you to give me a job? And I, I told him who, you know, I was looking at trying to get <laughs> on with. But, and, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Ways uh, I took it hard, man, because I'd never been fired before. So, I, man, I was I was okay. down to not walk around that facility, man. Walking out, I, I was emotional as all get out because I never been fired before. But again, I, and what it taught nah, me, but was, you know what, man? Like, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. My uh, I just taught me this profession: you gotta be ready to get fired to hired to from fired from hired to fired. Excuse me, man. The beautiful thing about and, and you know I don't like to speak for people, but the beautiful thing about life, right? It provides us with a little bit of friction. Yeah. So when things are going great, when life provides you with friction, that's an opportunity for us to get some growth, to get ready for what's about to come next. You know, life is preparing us for that, that, that friction or that, that tribulation, if you will, that's preparing us for our come up. Right. Yep. Yep. So you felt whatever way, in, in your spirit and your soul and your mind, but in order for you to take what was coming next, you had to go through that. You yeah. you got to go through it, you know, because I, I'm just like I'm in professional basketball, and I do it for a living right now. I learned that this is cutthroat oh. for you being in coaching. In that experience. As a GA, a grad assistant, you weren't even like officially a coach mm-hmm. on one side of the ball or the other. But as a GA, you got to learn the cutthroat business. Yep. So now when you go through business, you understand business. So it's one thing to be dealing with football, but Coach Petrino puts you on some business. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it hurt, but you know, that's how it, that's how it goes. You you had to learn that. 
Yeah, and it was, and it's kind of how God works in mysterious ways, man. He, uh, when I got home, I packed up my uh, apartment, uh, got to the house. Before I can even unpack, I legitly got a phone call uh, from Clifford Snow, operations guy, man, Coach Strong wants to bring you to the University of Texas. I'm like, shoot, shoot I can drive right now. I just drive through the night. Let's, let's ride. You know, like just hold you on. You about to drive to Texas? Oh man, listen, when I got an orange, bro, I'm about to drive <laughs> off to Texas. Cause I was like, if you tell oh. him to come on, there's no need for me to, you know, unpack. But he's like, nah, Sack, yeah. hold on, we're working through some things. As, as I was waiting at home, the University of Michigan called, cause uh again, my mentor gave him my name. And he was like, you know, they want to interview for another GA job. So I'm like, shoot, let's let's do it. Flew up there, uh, interview with uh, cause Brady Hope was the Brady Hope was the coach at the time, uh, and Greg Madison was the defense coordinator who knew my boss at the time. Uh, okay. And he uh, he was kind of talking about it, and I interviewed with him. He's like, yeah, he's like, well, coach me up on this clip right here. I was like, yeah, he should be you know stepping this way. You know, we call this Cowboys. I was like, same thing we did at Florida when I was with Coach Strong. Okay, he's he's mm-hmm. too long of a step. He gets cut out of his gap. Uh, he's like, man, Jonathan, you fit perfect for us working with the defensive line with our other D line coach. That IQ coach. <laughs> I, I, and I'm looking at him like, man, if you choose, he's like, if you choose to come, man. You know, we love to have you here. I'm like, choose, like, let's ride. Like this university is no brainer. Like, no brainer. If you telling me guys you want me right now, let's do it. Uh, yeah. And shoot, uh, and it's crazy how things work. Uh, didn't get it. I talked to the guys. He was like, man, they thought they said I did an amazing job with the interview. And a guy who I'm good friends with now, he works at another university. He actually got the job. Only way I remember them because I remember passing by a guy. They dropped me off to the hotel uh, that day. And then I, as I was leaving, somebody was coming to pick me up and take me back to the airport. And I saw him. I just remember him that two years later at the coaching convention, he was at another school. And we were talking, he knew some friends of mine in the profession. Man, we linked right there, but I was looking at them like, if I choose to come, like, shoot, let's go, let's ride. Like, I just, yeah, hey, just yeah, yeah, this yeah. shit, the truck up, the truck ain't been unpacked, let's go. Like, I'm ready, you know, but. Yeah, we rolling. <laughs> God, God, God works in mysterious ways, man, because after, if I would have taken that job, uh, that same staff actually got let go the next year. So I've been back oh. to, uh, uh, point A. So, man, I you know I don't. I, that's that's so crazy because I I always talk about South Carolina State, right? And I and I talk about my my time. You know, maybe going there and being on the team, dude. When I verbally committed, what took place after that? So I I spent four years at Catawba, Division Two. I had my coach the whole four years. I had the whole staff the whole four years. Had I gone to South Carolina State, dude, uh-huh. I would have had four different coaches in my four years in school. Four and years. there's no telling I would have been able to impress the new coach that came in. You know, That's especially if it's if it was based on success or whether the coach gets a new job or not. I I, I had no control over that. You know, so what you're saying right now just made me think about, oh, dang, like, had I gone to the school, we would have had fun. <laughs> yeah, it would have been fun. It would have been, 
It would have been fun. But I would have had four different coaches in four years, bro. Four nah, different coaches. And Wow. And that's the tough part about college athletics, man. You can have this head coach one day or this coach one day, and then the next day it's a new coach, man. So it's the nature of the beast. But, you know, one thing, I, and I even tell my fiance just this, I look for longevity. Uh, I don't mm. want to take a job to where we're only going to be able to live here for two or three years. I want to be able to say yeah. if I want to, this won't be, if this going to be my end game to be here for the rest of our lives, I want to be yes. able to say that. So that's something that I craved in my professional career. And yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's another story when we talk about, you know, the beautiful women in our lives. And when we talk yeah. about, you know, our professional life, dude, that's, that's 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 a that's a good conversation, Stacks. We can have you back. I don't want to hold you all day. But when we talk about longevity and consistency, oh yeah, we got a lot for that. Okay, so Sacks, you you go through this process after Louisville lets you go. Where do you end up? Man, Coach Few actually called me to work. Uh, just kind of volunteer at South Carolina State in the spring. Uh, he said whenever they call you for the for you to go, uh, you leave. But right now, you can work for me. So I was like, all right, coach. I wasn't going to say no because in the day it was about just kind of staying in it. And then at the defense coordinator at the time was actually coming from Louisville. So it was kind of a no-brainer for me when, you know, work at South Carolina State, Michigan, or University of Louisville. Okay, neither one of these schools have said anything to me. And in our profession, it's about getting – you can't go after a big job sometimes if you haven't had the experience yet. Uh, yeah. I wanted to run my own room. And then in the beginning's process, I never understood that. I was like, man, okay, nah, Sax. Uh, before I, I, I'm gonna stop you for our listeners who don't understand American football, because like I said, we in <laughs> Europe too, Sax. <laughs> when you say run your own room, what does that mean? Uh, coach that position. Uh, you have your own group of guys you're coaching, and like you're in charge of that group. You know, whether it's the quarterback, I'm in charge of that quarterback position. Uh, yep. So you're getting coached, you're coaching them and developing them to be the best American football players they can be. And uh, you you actually you get a a physical room where you yep. you in your position you can go in there and watch film uh, and correct. study together yep. as a correct. small group, not yep. you know not the whole team, one small group, just small group, just me in there working with them, correcting them on their technique and fundamentals. Uh, so that's what I mean by running my own room. Uh, that deal there, I'm going into the process of coaching. I never understood that. Uh, but as time went on, I understood it now. Cause you know, being a defense coordinator now, what else can you say to me? You know, you can't say I haven't ran my own room. So I went from running my own room to running my own side of the football. What else can you say to me now? Uh, cause you know, not to sound arrogant. Okay, or let, let, let me stop you. Let me stop you. So when you got to South Carolina, when you got back to South Carolina state, Cause, cause you going in the direction, yeah, you know what direction we going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talking about running rooms, right? Yeah. When you got back to South Carolina State, what were you doing? Man, I was actually coaching outside linebackers. Uh, okay. It kind of was almost a quality control role, uh, but I had a little bit more responsibility because the DC mm -hmm. really trusted me and I knew the defense. So he was one of the guys mm -hmm. that he leaned on me heavily for game days and getting stuff done. Uh, so I went from coaching outside linebackers to the next year I coached linebackers. Now I've had linebackers from 2015 on to all the way now. Uh, and that meant so, the whole – when you talk talking about linebackers, that mean the whole squad. 
the like whole squad, outside, yeah. inside, inside, guys yep. that kind of move from Those are my safety guys. to inside, like you know, all that, all that type of stuff. You, you, you ran that that show right there. Yep, that's my that's my deal. So okay, uh, so I took okay, that so over. You, so you go from outside to the entire linebacker core, and if you all don't know American football, the linebackers are they're they're the centerpiece of the quarterback. The defense. They're the centerpiece. So the linebackers are very versatile. They're big. They're strong. They hit very hard. They have to be communicators. Of course, they have some people behind them in the secondary, which can see behind them. And, of course, it's all about communication. But the linebackers, if it's not the defensive line getting penetration, the linebackers are the ones who are guarding multiple positions. They have to be great communicators. They have to be versatile. You you were in charge of that group. Yep. Hey, okay. I, I so you go from linebackers to yeah. Go ahead. I was blessed to take over that group and that group, which I know you about to bring it up, but that group had a, a special uh, athlete in the group. Ooh. Athlete in the group. I, t- I told y'all we were gonna so, talk about some of the pros. <laughs> so they had a special athlete in the group, but we, you know I wait till we get to that. So yeah. So. So you go from you, so you climb up the ladder. I call it climbing up the ladder, and it's it's important that we we speak in that way because it 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 speaks on process. Yeah, there's a process to get to success. I'm gonna say it one more time because that rhyme. Yeah. There's a process to get to success. You took it step by step, and then you get to a position where you become the defensive coordinator. What is it like for you to get that approval to say when Coach Pew calls you in and he says, Jonathan, it's time. What What is it like for you? I mean, it's huge, man. That means he trusts you because uh, he'll tell anybody, uh, whoever running, is running his defense of his program, that means he trusts you cold-heartedly to do a great job. Uh, that that was probably it was definitely a whirlwind that day because you you like man you're thankful for the opportunity to go ahead you know and be a coordinator because it's a lot of guys that I know. Uh, and it's crazy that I say this that they're like man they envy me because they're position coaches I'm trying to get them where they are, but they're like Sash, you're trying to get like you I'm like what you mean I'm trying to call plays they're trying to get that that coordinator notch because sometimes you know. If you haven't been a coordinator, they won't give you that notch to be a head coach sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. But it meant a lot, man. But the minute it happened, I got on the phone and started calling everybody, man. How do I be a coordinator? You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. and the first thing somebody told me is, it's, it's no book to tell you how. You know how to, you know how to put a game plan together. You know how to, you know how things intertwine. Uh, mm-hmm. The biggest, the biggest uh, advice somebody gave me was just go out there and do it. You know, you know what you can and cannot do as the games, as you go game by game. That's how you learn. I can't go out and give you a blueprint on how to be a coordinator. I can just tell you how to be more organized, how to, you know, do what, do schemes that fit your guys. So uh, it was a whirlwind, but let me tell you, it's one of the happiest days of my life because I knew right then I got a notch on my belt saying that when I go to these other interviews, what else can you say to me? I'm a defense coordinator. You took uh, all the steps, bro. You know, so and I rather and you took all I, the steps. You didn't. You didn't skip a step. It wasn't nepotism 
Yeah. Well, it wasn't nepotism. Like you had to go through all yeah. the steps. You went from GA to I mean, I mean, you started with weights, right? You started, yeah, yeah. you know, in the physical part portion of it. You went to GA. You come back. You get outside linebackers, which is a small group. You go to a linebacker core, bigger group, and then boom, DC. You know, like you you didn't skip a step. Like you, you went through all you went through the whole process, man. They can't say you cheated. It's the grind, man. I told I told my guys I'd rather have this path that I'm on than the easiest path. Cause sometimes I feel I was like just guys about to ask you that. Do you do you love do you love it doing it this way? Oh yeah. I think I do. Uh because it shows me to grind it out. But also, I'm able to get it out the mud and grind it all the way through from the bottom to the top. And that reward at the end is going to be so much sweeter because I knew from where I was to where I'm going to now. Because uh, okay. a lot of guys, it's a lot of guys in the profession sometimes don't get get a job because they're a great coach. And don't get me, don't get me wrong, it's a lot of great coaches out there. But it's mm-hmm. a lot of guys sometimes out there that get a job because, well, my dad knew his, knew his dad or – my mom yeah. knew his mom. Just the connection. But again, that's the connection that, you know, a lot of us, we have to understand that I can't get a job with this person if I don't know him. Mm-hmm. You know, in the day, because when you're a head coach, bringing in the staff, you got to bring in guys that you trust. So, yeah. now nah, I embrace the grind. I love the grind, man. I'd rather, I'd rather grind because I know if I bust my behind now and, you know, the hardest adversity has come now, at the end of the day, it's going to come easy when I get in the same situation. Yeah. Man, hey, we, we got to take those licks, man. And, yeah. I mean, you know my journey to some degree. And I, I, I spoke about this. I didn't, I didn't skip any steps, bro. Once I, once I dedicated myself to this, I was with everything. I was all of the lumps that I took, all of those summers where I had to wait to get a call. And I'm waiting in a, in a way where I'm like, man, you know, maybe they don't call. You know, you when you don't skip steps, man, it feels so good when you get that reward, man. When you get a when you get a W, when you get a win, woo. But okay, so we talked about your process, right? Let me ask you this, and you 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 alluded to it earlier in the, in, in the interview. You talked about some of the players that came through your program. And it's an it's an illustrious program. South Carolina State football is not your average small small school. It's not. Definitely. It's some some real dudes that came through that program, and I'm talking about from back in the '70s. It's a historic football program, and you guys are still holding it down. I want to ask you this: you had you you've had a guy like Darius Leonard to come through. For you, can you see an NFL talent when he walks in the room? When he when he when he when he when he gets into your first practice, when you see him in a weight room, when you start to see his work ethic, when you start to see the way that he handles himself, can you see an NFL talent, or or what? You know, does it sneak up on you? Like how how does that come about for you? In your opinion. Uh, I kind of wait to that third year, but you can see some of the intangibles that a guy has, uh, you know. And you've been on the big stage too. Yeah, you've been so. you you've been on the biggest stage, so you can see <laughs> you've seen guys from, and, we, and we'll talk about what you just experienced a, a couple of weeks ago. You know, in the last month or so, we're we, we're gonna get to that. 
but so yeah so probably that third year you know we can look at it we just, we'll get a freshman kid who's moving around and great and is making plays and games you're like man he has a chance uh but you know that's year mm-hmm. one you know year mm-hmm. three is when we really got to see uh so year three is when we really kind of can tell like all right this guy may give him a chance to make a little money uh okay so that year three because we we're recruiting a guy because of their tangibles uh, running, jumping, mm-hmm. change the direction. Can he play a football in the air? Uh, you know, what's his what, IQ what about like? Commu- what, what about, so we talk, yeah, you, you just alluded to IQ. What about communication? Do you guys like good communicators? Guys who, we, you know, understand how to communicate with other players? We, we do, but at the same time, it's kind of like, uh, we're going to help you with that aspect. You know, every guy in a, coming out of high school program doesn't have to communicate as much on the football field. But now high school okay. football is changing to the degree where they're running a lot of college plays to and and techniques and fundamentals. So, but the communication aspect we really don't worry about because we'll get that to that point. We can we can get you okay. there. That's no issue there. Okay. Okay. So now sex. So we're gonna go back into what you experienced a couple of weeks ago, and and this kind of <laughs> relates to our conversation about. NFL talent. We're going to get back to that towards the end. Yeah. But, Sax, you guys are you national champions. You know, we're going to keep it 100. You know, you're not you, – you, you didn't play in the biggest playoff scenario. But you guys played Jackson State University. South Carolina State headed up against Jackson State University, a heavy freight favorite in a bowl game. In the Celebration Bowl, you guys went head-to-head. There was a lot of publicity behind it. It was a lot of emotion behind it. You guys were heavy underdogs, heavy, and I'm I'm throwing up the quotable sign with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> you were heavy underdogs to some people. And I want to hear about your experience in that game. So once you – so you guys are approaching the postseason – you get an opportunity, you 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 earn the right to get an opportunity to play in this bowl game. Tell me what it's like when you guys win that that last game before you know who you're gonna play. And I mean, you already had an idea who you may have, you know, who you might have been yeah. playing. Tell me what it's like after you win that last game. What is it like? Man, what is it like around the program? Man, it was. Man, a weight lifted off our shoulders, man. We've been trying to get to that plateau for a long time, man. Just for Coach Pugh, for the program, we knew that game, winning the championship and getting into that game can change the school's landscape tremendously. Get South Carolina State back to where it used to be. Uh, So it felt amazing to, you know, how our season started to how it ended. You know, like they always say, ain't how you start, it's how you finish. You can start off great. But give off in the tail end. So when I great, always told great you, Nipsey said it's about the marathon. It's, marathon. it's not a it's not a foot race. It's definitely not a foot race. So, yes, sir. And I remember telling the guys after uh, we played Florida A&M, and we didn't play our best. We got a couple guys out. Uh, still ain't no excuse. If if your best players are next man up, let's ride. But I told them guys when we win this thing, the same people that were talking bad about you guys. And saying this and that about y'all, keep them over there. Because mm-hmm. I always told them the only thing that matters 
It's everybody in this room and in this building that's on this team. Nobody else matters. I love it. Oh, that mental. I love the mental approach, man. I love to hear about this. The mental preparation. It, it's it's not, like nothing this, else man. matters because you know people are going to talk about you as a player, no matter no matter what. You can go out there have a hundred yard game, two touchdowns at receiver. Well, you should add two hundred and four touchdowns. Yep. You're you're, you're going to be on this pedestal, you know. And here at South Carolina State, man, it's going to go home. If you ain't winning no championship, you ain't doing nothing. So, mm-hmm. but man, it was a weight lifting off our shoulder, man. We, we've been trying to get to that game for so long to where when we finally reached that, man, it was like, well, we ain't going just to be here. Like, yeah. we happy we're here, but we not, we just not selling on just being here now. We coming to win. Like, yeah, we finally made it, but this is, we don't play games just to play. We play the darn win. What 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 is it like in, in around a program when you hear you playing JSU? When you when you hear when you when you hear you're about to play Jackson State, what's the mindset? We got excited, but to me it didn't matter who we played. Uh, you know, our mentality was anytime, any place, anywhere. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, we know we're a winning program ourselves and Jackson State has tremendous history, man. And they were, man, they, man, they, like I told, like I said in an interview before on my press conference deal, the two days before the game, I said, they are two plays away from being undefeated against UL Monroe. So we got excited. Yes, it's Coach Sanders, it's this and that, but we also know we didn't care who we played. We wanted to put on the show on ABC. It's national television. It's national television. And let me tell our listeners about Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is an icon. Yes. He's not he he wasn't only one of the top five football players that ever play the game. He's also an amazing entertainer. So if someone stops playing football and becomes a coach, you want Deion Sanders to sell your program. Because he is entertaining. He's the guy that you want to be around. He doesn't curse. He doesn't smoke. He don't drink. He he's he's that guy. However, he's going to sell your product. Yeah. You you want this guy to sell your product, and when we talk, when I say the illustrious, the illustrious Jackson State, I speak about Jackson State from a standpoint of the the guy running the show, who's recruiting players and doing all that is being Deion Sanders, a legend. Deion Sanders is the head coach for that program. He sold the program. He brought in players from all different places. They went eleven and one. Am I correct? Yeah, they went 11-1, 11-1. 11-1, and, and they are on the other side of South Carolina State University in what we call the championship game of the season, the, this, the other championship. And they're lined up. This game is it's, it's here now. Give me some – you can give me some small or big big details. It's depending on how much time you have. Give me give me some details in regards to when the game is set. Y'all, y'all you all are in Atlanta, and there's some press involved. There's some uh, dinners involved. There's some things involved. What's the lead up to the game? Some some things were said that probably shouldn't have been said by both either side. Uh, but, man, kids going to be kids, man. You know, we going to talk trash as part of it. But, you know, it was some things were done and said that probably should not have been said. Uh, okay. You know, some lines you don't cross, you know, 
You know, my mom always taught me you treat people the way you want to be treated. Yes. Uh, so, you know, when you show disrespect, you know, that's, you know, for us, we, you know, we take that a little bit personal. You know, it's my, uh, my uncle used to always say, either you're going to barbecue or you're going to meal do. Exactly. <laughs> what you going to do? A lot of people will understand that, but it means, hey, either you're going to react or you're just going to fall back and just let it happen. So we knew we were ready to play, but some things like, again, we weren't always around our kids, you know, after the different events. So mm-hmm. each hotels right beside each other. We stayed at the Omni. They were in one tower. We were in the other tower. Uh, so our kids, you know, you, you were kind of interacting and you were just looking at each other. And our kids would be walking the, the sidewalk just going to get some need or whatever. And, you know, some trash talking was done. So they never came yeah. to me and said anything. I know what I wanted to get accomplished, you know, as a coach and as a person, as a profession. But the stage was already set. We knew what we wanted to do, the social media. You know, we weren't a team that was going to be all over social media. That's not us. Uh, we're, when we win, we're doing what we so give me do. So – Okay, so give me I don't want I don't want the X's and O's because if you watch the game and their their highlights up and I'm sure the free I mean the full game is available for all of you who want to see it. What is your conversation? What what what's the mental approach? Cuz I love this too. I'm 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 going to step off for a second and I'm going to say when we talk about guys like Kobe Bryant, when we talk about LeBron James, when we talk about Michael Jordan, when we talk about Larry Bird, when we talking about, and I'm talking about basketball, right? Uh, we can go to football. When we talking about uh, John Elway, when we talking about uh, Ray Lewis, when we talking about, you know, some of the best players that ever played a foot, you know, the game of football, right? I like to hear the way that they think. I like to hear that. You know, I want to, I, I want to talk to Cam Newton about his mentality. What is your approach as a defensive coordinator? How are you locking, trying to get the guys to lock in mentally before the game starts? Dominate or be dominated. You know, I can't get my actual words I say, but it's dominate or be dominated. That's okay. uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, you always talk about a legacy. You know, I always tell them, you know, going in college, everybody wants this, you know, everybody wants to single digit, you know. And we always talk about, you know, I kind of took this from another program that did this this year. What is your why? You know, why you play the game? Why you do what you do? Uh, and you like to use that on this show too, Sax. Yeah. Why you do what you why. do? Got to you got to know your why. And for them, I kept talking about nobody's ever going to remember a number. They're going to remember that name. They're going to remember, you know, such as he was a bad, he was a cold player, man. He was he would knock the heck out the heck out you if he saw you. Or, man, he can take the top off of defense. Uh, so the mental preparation was we belong here. They can say we six and five or whatever, but we knew that nobody played the schedule that we played. Nobody. We went through a gauntlet. So that prepared us to get to this point. You know, a statement was made down there that, you know, we play in front of sold out crowds all the time. Man, you ain't playing in front of sold out crowds till you play against in Clemson, Death Valley, 80, 80 plus thousand. They running down the hill. That's a sold yes, out sir. crowd, man. It's a different atmosphere. Yes. So. You know, you can play in front of that sold-out crowd, but, you know, we were prepared from preseason all the way through now. South Carolina State is a program. It's a winning program, but mentally you're going to be ready to roll no matter what because the situation that you face and the competition you face. So mentally we know we just – we were happy to be there, but listen, we're not here just to be here. 
we're here to make a statement that South Carolina State football is back where it's supposed to be. Oh man, I I love that. I love that. And I'm, you know, I'm I've played on some team I've played on many teams that has been the underdog. Yeah. And I love coming in there and busting somebody in the mouth. Yeah. Not literally, metaphorically. We come in there, we're gonna bust you in the mouth. And if if you about that, if you are who you are, then you know, we're gonna see where the chips fall. But yeah. we are going to come in here and pop you in the mouth and we wanna see how you react. And if you yeah. don't react in the way that you're supposed to, we're going to jump on you and we're going to overwhelm you. We're going to leave here with the trophy or the win or whatever. We ain't going to let up. Let me tell you something. We try, like we say in the bird, we try to see if you bought that life, if you bought what you be talking about. Yeah. You know, if you, so. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, Are you ready to back up what you're saying? What you talking about. That's, and yes. We, t- we tell the guys all the time, man, we ain't got to talk. I mean, teams that talk. And my dad always told me that somebody that's talked, somebody sometimes always talking that way into ass. Excuse me, that's what that's what happens sometimes. Uh-huh. You know, when they run in their mouth, they you know, all, like the Joker said in the movie, sometimes all that all that chit chat is gonna get you hurt. But the, but the talking thing, sex, like it goes two ways, right? So yeah. if you're in the business that you're in, because what you're doing in football, what you all are doing, you in the program, it's entertainment, right? So you got to yeah. sell the game. You know, that's one part of it. But the second part of all that talking is insecurity. Yes. When somebody really talking a lot and they screaming, ah, you know, I'm going to do, 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 they're insecure. They're not comfortable. Yeah. Because see that, that man or woman, if, if, if they're really secure in their place, if I'm nice like that, if I'm, if I'm really about that, I don't have to say nothing. Exactly. As soon as, as soon as the ball tips or if, as soon as that ball is kicked off or as soon as we're playing tennis, as soon as we start the match in tennis, I'm about to see. We about, we're about to see, see, see what you're talking who about. you are. <laughs> I got to test yeah, it out. There's no more test. talking. We here now. That's This is why I love boxing. You know, I love boxing because it's like, hey, they sold the fight. But if, now let's see don't who talk too crazy. Up. Yeah. It's hard to go. Okay, so I'm I'm going to talk about the football game from my perspective, right? So I'm watching this football game in Europe, Sax. I get the stream. I find ESPN. I pay for it, all of that stuff, right? I tune up the game. My wife, who is an American-European, she's American-slash-European woman, she knows about American football, but she's not locked in, all right? Dude. When I tell you that game was one of the best football experiences that I've had in many years, it was – I hate the David and Goliath thing, but it was very competitive, and you guys were clear underdogs. You started off slow, and you figured it out. You figured it out, and it was just like it was kind of it was kind of like watching the locks uh, be on versus against Dipset. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like everybody loves Dipset swag, you know. Like, ah, oh, they just they got all of the chains on. They so cool or whatever. But the locks just came in there, and they were just like, we just better than you. We don't care that you have the glitz and the glamour. You might have more followers. Your chains might be shinier. 
Yeah, you might have on all of the designer gear, but we're coming in here for for a W. And you guys came in there and you figured it out. What is it like for you on the sideline? Because the de- the defensive side of the ball, sh- you guys, you, I mean, you shine like sunlight early in the game. The offense figured it out eventually, but you guys started off well. What what? When you're in the game, what's what's in your head? Are you saying are you just sticking to the game plan? Or are you saying, oh wait, we got these guys figured out completely? You you stick to the game plan, but as the game goes on, like you said, if you got a if you got a tendency from a team, and you're calling a certain thing based off that tendency, you just stick to the tendency, and you know, like they say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you just keep on doing what you're doing, and. For us, you know, game plan wise as a coach, you don't, you stick to the game plan. You know, after the first half of the game plan is working, or after that third of, or after the first quarter is working, you stick with it. If it's not, you know, you look at it, you look at whatever uh, information sheet that you may have and see where you may need to tweak something, change here, or you try to catch them in their tendency. I tell the guys all the time, just as we're game planning, other teams game plan too. So it's always, it's pretty much a cat and mouth game. They're trying to catch you based off based off your tendencies and vice versa. So, you know, you just kind of you got to feel the game out and try to catch the coordinator as you can or or catch them as you can. So, I don't want to say it. Tell me the result of the game. You you say it. You 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 let me know. <laughs> I, I mean, of course, I watched it. Tell me what happened at when when the clock hit zero zero zero. What uh, happened? We, we won thirty one ten. And the surprising thing about it about our guys, they were happy we won but they really wanted to play again. Uh, and it's one of those deals where the kids felt like they left a lot of plays out there. And mm-hmm. I'm looking like they, they kind of reversed it on me because I'm normally the guy at the game, like, even though we won and I know we could have played better, I'm like, man, now nah, we got to play better. They're like, nah, coach. I was right there happy just standing away. He's like, man, coach, we got to play better. We got to play this again. We got to do this again. Uh, so it was an enjoyable moment, but the kids were kind of like, they celebrated, you know, whatever they did, the uh, you know, at night or that weekend, shoot, by Monday, they called me. He's like, Coach, man, we got to get our respect. You know, oh, we won the game, man. but they I don't. I love it. I love so, it, young fellas. I love it. It was like, man, we got we to get this back. We got to get this again. And it was man. it was good to hear, man, because, you know, you got a little taste of the action, but you still want to – y'all going to respect us for this reasons. So, you know, it was it was mm-hmm. kind of good to see. They saw where I, where I came from during the year when we won games, but I know we could have played ten times better. Yeah. So don't leave man, the play listen, out there. Man, that you know, like I said, man, that, that watching that game, you know, to even have my wife screaming at the screen, you know, for you guys and for me it's deeper. You know, I I I I lived right across the street from campus. Yeah. You yeah. know, like it like I'm I was I was so happy to see you guys knock down the giant of you know Jackson State, even you know with respect to what they're doing, because they brought a lot of light, a lot of light to black college football. You know they 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 did that. Like don't we, let's not get it twisted. It it's a team effort in terms of selling the game. Yeah. But once it got down to mano y mano, you guys got the job done, and I was man, I was just happy for you for your guys, and I was happy for you because the defense, man, you guys were. Busting, busting in the <laughs> you know. It was like, play a little it was like, no, nah, we not holding back nothing. Yeah, 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 it was beautiful, man. 
So sex. So we're approaching the the end part of the interview, and I want to talk a little bit about uh, right now. I want to talk a, a bit about some of your experiences after the season ended. So you all you all had some amazing players, some that stood out a little bit more than others yeah. who are now NFL prospects. You have some guys who maybe will be NFL prospects next year. You also got an opportunity to coach in some all-star games at uh, postseason. Tell me about that experience. Like what? So it goes back to our original conversation. When you see these guys, you know, even if they're not your guys, when you see these guys, do you say to yourself like, golly, like these dudes are huge or these guys are just how are they so strong and so fast and do does it ever hit your mind like that or you just or do you just stay in coach mode like this is what i'm doing i kind of say in coach mode man because just being able being blessed to be around all facets of different athletes it's kind of like okay this guy is six foot four 270 pounds playing dn so it never you never get out of that mode because you're used to anything I, and again it goes back like i said you put me in any environment with any group of players to coach i'm gonna come out how they're supposed to but they're gonna play the way they're supposed to play so but yeah. the all-star game the senior bowl was probably man it was a huge experience man uh my first practice uh i got mike tomlin standing right behind me while i'm rotating linebackers for the uh the defense one of the goats mike Which, tomlin. you know so <laughs> i dropped ah. my paper he's like here you go coach so he's like you know it's like it wasn't star st- it wasn't like i wasn't engaged though like in a trance, I was like, oh, man, it's Mike Tom just, just talking, just talking football, just talking. Uh, wow. Just being around Coach Sala for the Jets, uh, working with their staff, man, was an amazing experience because I've now created a network with those guys and just, man, it, it was a blessing, man, because I'm dealing with future first-round picks of this year's draft, uh, seeing different coaches that, you know, are pioneers in the game, Ed Ogeron, uh, James Franklin. Mike Tomlin, like we once said, uh, just those guys being around, man. So more connection. I got to talk, talk some football, uh, met some new people, uh, got to pick some people's brains about how to get in the NFL or how to uh, continue to develop as a coach and as a man and as a person. So that was, man, that was an amazing experience. Wow. So, so Sax, I, I have two questions for you, and then we're going to wrap up. So first, and this is a question that I love to, to ask people. What did you learn from the COVID lockdown year? Man, I learned a lot. As you know, we, we can't talk about it, but, you know, it it showed me a lot. Uh, yes, sir. As a person, it showed me to gain more patience. Uh, just, you know, Gain more patience. It gave me an opportunity to get closer to God, uh, closer, figure out some things in my life and myself, uh, what was harmful to me and what was good for me. Uh, yep. And it actually gave me a chance to get closer to my family and friends, uh, just being in that close yep. spectrum of just the Zoom calls, the FaceTimes, just having our own yes, little sir. parties on FaceTime and yeah. Zoom. So yeah. it, it, it taught me a lot, and I became an even better uh, cook. So, Hey. Sack, hey, ladies and gentlemen, Sax's turkey burgers <laughs> are to die for. <laughs> I think I got to help a little bit more, too. Okay, hey, well, he's covering the spread when we get home in the summer. 
yeah. we gonna let him you know take take care of that all right sack so the last question and i feel like this question is going to be good for our listeners is going to be good for you because it's all about visual visualization okay um what's the dream scenario for you in coaching family life what what's the dream scenario for you in in this point in stage in your life what what do you want so part one of that would be for uh, career-wise would be a head coach either in the nfl or at a power five school. Uh, as we know, it's a cry for help. You know, it's a cry for me more minorities in a lot of these places. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be my end game, uh, career-wise. Uh, outside of family, man, I want to be the best father I can be, uh, best husband I can be. Uh, you don't have any kids just yet. No kids, uh, no, kids yet, no kids yet, yeah. no kids yet, no kids. We speaking in future terms uh, yeah. right now. <laughs> so yeah. be the best father, uh, best husband I can be, man. Uh, and just be that great role model in my community, wherever you know, wherever my feet may lay for us. Uh, just keep on being the great person I am, and keep on, you know, you never stop developing. You know, they always say a person changes every seven years, but continue to yeah. be the, the genuine person I am, and growing as a person, as a father, and as a mentor, and keep on growing this profession as, you know, get to that top level. You know, I tell people all the time, if you're going to do something, you want to be at the top level doing it. So NFL is my dream goal as a head coach, coordinator, and or uh, power five head coach. Hey, listen, the only the reason why that I asked you that is because we're about speaking. Yeah. Our futures and our desires into existence. We got to speak it and then do the work. Yep. And I know you're not shot to the work, Sax. Sax, we did it, man. We got it done. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you for taking your place on the couch, man. This this was fun, man. It took hey, it man. took a little bit of work, Sax. You know, we we've been working today, bro. <laughs> hey man, it's it took a lot of work, man. From the Wi-Fi over here to it's it's been a little oh, a little man. uh hindrance, but we got it done. We got it done, man. Yeah, see, we had some technical difficulties. Hopefully. Your fiance will forgive us for our tardiness. Hey, you she, know, she's but, already left. She she already went next door to a neighbor's house. So she she told me just okay. let, let me know when they're done. When we're done. So yeah, 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 yeah. Just you know, you 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 know, you can let her know we wrapping up. But Sax, man, listen, I I appreciate you, bro. You know I love you, bro. You know I pre, you know I just I talked to you and Nick about this together, man. Like you, you know, to have you guys on this platform is very important to me is very special to me and you know this is why i created it you know to to have you guys on to have my wife on my daughter on my aunts my uncles it it, do, it doesn't matter i did this for us first yeah and then you know any of the beautiful people who want to come on and be a part of this you know they're more than welcome but i want to take care of us first and you are one of the premier talents in college football, we're in football. We're not even going to limit you to college football. You wanted the premier coaching talents in football right now. And the fact that you decided to come here and kick with us, man. Hey, listen, man, I, I can't ask for much more, man. I appreciate hey, it, brother. Hey, man, you know I had to come stop through on the couch, man. You know I've enjoyed it, man, even from podcast one to now, man. I'm happy to be a part of it, man. No doubt. Sax, before you get off, man, 
give 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 some of our young listeners a little just if they want to be athletes or if they want to be football players, just give them a little just a little something about what you expect from a young athlete. Man, just a hard worker, man. Uh, sometimes don't get don't look at a, on the outside framework of yourself what everybody else is doing. Control what you can control, which is yourself. Uh, just continue to push yourself and. You know, like I tell my guys, what you put into it is what you get out of it. If I'm not giving everything I got every day, I'm not going to get the results that I want. So continue to put every – if I'm giving 100%, put 100% in the bank or in the tank, I'm going to get the benefits of everything that's coming out. So just continue to grind it and control what you can control, which is the schoolwork, uh, my workouts, and games to give it everything I can. Hello. There you go, young folks. Listen, to all our young listeners, if you want to do – what Coach Saxon has done, if you want to do what I have done, he just laid the blueprint, the blueprint down for you. And he's a coach now, so that's what he's looking for. Ladies and gentlemen, we have done it. we got another episode of The Couch I got to share with my brother, Jonathan Saxon. You know, before we get off this show, well, first, before I get to the jewels, Sax, tell folks where they can reach you. Tell folks if you, they want to follow you or get at you. Where can they find you? Uh, my coaching page, Coach Sax, S-A-X, 72, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, my personal page on uh, Instagram is jsax72, and I can be found on Facebook as Jonathan Sax. That's where you can find me at. Hey, there you go. If you guys are interested in reaching out to Sax, go follow, go like and share all of his stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a, this has been another episode on the couch with Rob Fields. Today was amazing. I'm I'm so happy to share this the couch with my with my brother. We had a great conversation. And before I get off the call, before I get off the episode, you know I have to drop that jewel. Be good to somebody today. It costs nothing. Be good to someone today. It costs nothing. I'm your host, Rob Fields. This has been another amazing episode. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.